I want every man and woman in here, if you have a wallet or a checkbook, a fanny pack, I don't know what you have, maybe a credit card holder, a debit card holder, whatever you carry to pay for things, I want you to actually take them out right now. Now, I know some of you men are going to take this time to get yours out of your wife's purse. That's okay. Go for it. Just say, hey, honey, just for a second, can I have my wallet? All right? That's what I had to get mine in the first service. My wife had mine. So anyway, I want you to take it out. Like, seriously, we're going to take another offering. Okay? But seriously, I'm telling you right now, I want you to get your wallet out, your checkbook, your purse, you, whatever you have. Good job. Hold it up in the air when you get it out because I want to see how many wallets we got in this place. Good, good, good. How many, how many, how many, uh, how, how many of those fanny packs did we have? Go ahead, don't be, don't be ashamed. None? We do have one? Good. That's where the rich people carry fanny packs because you know, the wallet's not big enough. But anyway, I want you to hold that thing in your hand. Take your wallet. Don't put it up yet. Don't put that up yet. I want you to hold it in your hand. If it's a checkbook, if it's a purse, if it's your wallet, I want you to hold it in your hand and I want you to look at it. Open it up. Open it up. Go ahead. Look at it. I want you to flip through all those $100 bills and then go put them in the gray buckets that just passed by. All right? Hey, we're not ashamed. But I want you to look at it. I want you to feel it. I want you to think about it. I like that. Good. I have an old leather wallet. It's about 15 years old. thing has a beautiful smell. It doesn't smell like money. It smells like old leather. I love my wallet. I want to ask you this morning, what, what are you thinking right now? As you're sitting there holding your wallet, your checkbook, your debit cards, what are you thinking? There's three people who cried in the first service when I started to have them to think about. What are you thinking right now? So that's why I wanted the lights up a little bit more so I could see you and you could see your wallet. What are you thinking right now? Security? Okay. You must be richer than I am. <laughs> thinking just the opposite. Good. What are you thinking when you look at this wallet? How, how many of you, and I don't need to see a show of hands, but we're going to just start to think here this morning. How many of you are starting to feel just... Maybe a little bit of fear. Because you look at one of those MasterCards and you know the mounting debt that each one of those credit cards have. So you got a little bit of fear when you saw those credit cards. How many of you took a little side glance at your neighbor's wallet? And a little envy came about you. Because she has way more money in it than you do. Notice I said she has more money. How many of you are jealous of your neighbors? You sit there and you look at your own wallet and your own situation, and you know the person beside of you has way more than you do. You know where they live. You know what they drove into this parking lot. You know what their profession is. And, and when you look at your wallet and you look to the person to the side of you, there's a little bit of envy and jealousy that you don't have what they have. Just being real. 
Anxiety may be another one. Remorse may be another one. You went and blew your paycheck because today's November 1st and automatic draft is a wonderful thing, but you spent it this weekend on Halloween candy, so there's some remorse. But I want to know how many of us in this place, if there is anyone in this place, and if there's not anyone in this place today, that's okay. That's why we're here. You see, I wonder how many of us in this place have a genuine, true joy that comes about them when you look at your resources. I mean, you get excited about what God has given you, whether it's a dollar or whether you have hundreds of dollars in your wallet. I wonder how many of you have a true sense of elation because you know what God has given you, you get excited about it. I wonder how many of us, if any, when we look at our resources, when it just comes to our money, how many of us get excited because we now get to be generous? Like I say, if that's none of us in the room, that's okay. We are here to establish a culture of generosity. And so like I say, we're going to talk about money for the next several weeks. Because I believe that God, through the power of His Holy Spirit, that is speaking to many of you this very moment, I believe that He can change the way you think and the way you feel about your money. I don't want fear. I don't want envy. I don't want jealousy. I don't want doubt to be the first thing you think about when your check statements come in the mail. I want you to rush to that mailbox or that inbox, and just sit down and calculate, now, how generous can I be? That's what I want from this group of people. You see, that's what God is calling us to do. But for that to happen, and I mean not just for a little small season, I'm not talking about just through a four-week series on money that we get all hyped up on generosity. No, I'm talking about every day of the week of your life that this is the way you go. And for that to happen, there is going to have to be a drastic mind shift for many of us in this room. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. I thought we were baptizing people today. We'll get to that, okay? You good with that? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You see, this thing that we're talking about, a generous lifestyle, the shift that's going to have to take place in many of our minds is we're going to have to ask God seriously, genuinely, for a new mindset. Can you say new mindset with me? New mindset. Some of us, if not every one of us, when it comes to dollar bills and our finances, we need a new mindset. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Let me just, therefore, I urge you, my brothers, Paul's talking to Christians there in Rome, probably a lot of Jews, maybe some Gentiles. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, In view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2 is where we're going to stay the rest of the time this morning. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. For those of you who are on my grade level, which is way down here, let me just tell you this, what that actually means. It actually means if you've ever seen any HGTV or DIY, you know what a home renovation looks like. Some of you in here work in that field. And you know you go and you look for the crummiest house, right? The one that is beat up, the one that is broken, the one that is the dirtiest. Sounds like some of our minds, right? I'm glad you got that. (laughs) I'm not the only one in here with a dirty mind. You guys all have dirty minds, okay? It's like going for the house that's the nastiest and the dirtiest and the most broken, and you buy it at a very cheap price, and what you do is you, you transform it, right? Trying to make a profit. See, that's what Paul is talking about here with our minds. Man, our minds are broken and messed up, and they're dirty. But there has to be a remodeling of our minds, especially when it comes to our money. You see, only Jesus can give us this. And I'd like to say that God's blowing our minds at this church. He really is. It's so much bigger than I am. I mean, man, I, you come hang out in our office a few days a week and you're going to know that we're clueless. I mean, just clueless. I wish I could say, man, we're so good at Hope City that, man, you come and you hang out, you get into a small group, you go, you do a little Momentum One classes where we're teaching your identity in Christ, which is actually taking place right now. You, you just come and you do a few things and you pray a lot and you read your Bible a lot and you memorize Scripture. I just wish that that would transform our minds. I wish I was a good a communicator enough to where I could communicate the words so effectively in here that that would transform your minds, but it won't. You see, only encountering Jesus, only meeting Jesus personally will transform your mind. But you see, what I've understood and what I've learned from personal experience is, man, not only encountering Jesus and having the Holy Spirit just feel you, not only meeting Jesus, not only will that change the way you think about your finances, but, man, encountering Jesus on a real level, it's amazing how it shifts your thinking about God's daughter. Or or some of you in here, husbands, you may call her your wife. It's amazing how we look at our wife different when we have an encounter with Jesus. You see, encountering Jesus shifts the way that we not only look at money, but it changes the way that we look at our families. It's amazing that when we encounter Jesus, it not only affects the way that we look at our finances, but it is amazing how we start to see other relationships. And our attitudes start to change. And we have an encounter with Jesus and we somehow, through the power of God, we have more patience and we have more love for people that we don't know. And then here, focusing back on generosity, it's amazing how good we feel when we live a lifestyle of generosity. And it's not about feelings. But what you do is you leave an encounter with people that you've been generous to, and you leave there and you think, man, 
this must be how God created me. Like, I feel much better about what I just did for people that I don't know than leaving the Monday night football game party tomorrow night at Pastor Bradley's house. You see what I'm saying? This is how God created us. When we have that encounter, it shifts the way we think about everything. Paul says this, it's about a transforming and a renewing of your mind. And so I'm going to just wrap this up real quick before we start baptizing people. I'm just going to paint a very broad paintbrush stroke on money for just a few minutes. You see, I want to ask two questions to you before we leave here today. Because when we have a transforming of the way we think, we just start thinking different about stuff. I just want to focus on two things. Two questions I want you to go and ponder. I'm not going to give you any answers. I just want two questions to leave with you. The first question is this. Who are you allowing to determine how much is enough? That X amount of money that you need in your life Who are you allowing to determine that X amount is enough? Who are you allowing to speak into you to tell you that this X amount is the amount that you need to live your life? Who are you listening to that is telling you this is how life is supposed to look and this is the way life is supposed to feel? Because let me tell you, If you're listening to this world and getting your answers from them, you will never have enough. Enough will never be enough. You know how I know that? I went to the fair. The Dixie Classic Fair. And those food vendors are also telling us that enough is not enough. Did you know that? I mean, when did an Oreo cookie not become enough? When did a Reese cup not become enough? When did a Snickers bar not become enough? You have to deep fry them now. Right? Enough will never be enough. The second question is seriously, gut check time. What are you pursuing? Are you pursuing enough? Are you pursuing a lifestyle that not many other people have? Are you pursuing a 401k? Are you pursuing that third house? Are you pursuing, and you fill in the blank, what are you pursuing? See, the way you think will determine what you pursue. And let me just tell you this. If we're pursuing anything other than Jesus, we will constantly live a lifestyle of pursuing. (laughs) A 
double cheeseburger with bacon on it. It's not enough. Now you got to have it with two Krispy Kreme donuts as your bun. You see what I mean? You will always be pursuing more if you're not pursuing Jesus. See, we've got to have a new mindset. But here in a second, we're getting ready to celebrate like crazy because we celebrate like crazy in this church, new life. See, to have a new mindset, you got to have a new life. God isn't sitting here saying, hey, 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 I need you, your old self, to get all cleaned up. I need you to right your ways. I need you to fix your problems in your old self. That's why we're in the place we're in, some of us. It's because we've never experienced new life. And we're trying to go through this Christian life in our old ways. That's why we beat ourselves over the head all the time, trying to figure out, why do I continue to fall into these habits of sin? That's what your old life does. See, you need new life. Passage that Bradley started this worship service with, 2 Corinthians 5 17, is one that you need to know. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. Listen, there's some of us in this place. I'm not just talking to the people who aren't following Jesus right now. I'm talking about some people who have been in church all their life and you've never encountered your new life. You've been going through church and you've been going through the motions in your old ways. Today, I don't care how far lost you may be. I don't care how many church services you've attended. If you've never just said, God, I'm tired of trying to make this old life work. I just need new life. I just need new life. And I'm not sure exactly what happens next. Listen, that's what we're here for. That's why there's a class taking place right now that is teaching you on a very hardcore level about your identity in Christ. Listen, we're not going anywhere. We'll help you with those next steps. But there's some of us in here today and we just need new life. I'm just going to ask you, would you just bow your heads? I don't care if you're a Christian. Well, actually I do. Let me just say this. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never surrendered your life. You've never even known you needed a new life. I'm just going to ask you right now, if you need Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you just lift up your hand? Listen, we'll help you with what's next. But you want to know that you're forgiven of your sins and that you are a child of God. And you want to just say, Jesus, you're mine. Would you just raise your hand? Everybody's bowing their heads. Nobody's looking around. Just raise a hand. Say, Scott, I need to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Just lift it up high. Don't be ashamed. Amen. Amen. For those who just raised their hand, there's going to be somebody coming up to you 
before this service is ended. We're not going to make a spectacle of you. But we have a ministry team that's in this place. And they're just going to talk to you for just a second. Because you have what's next. You have it on our mind. And God has it on yours. Maybe you're in this room today. And you are a follower of Christ. And you've never experienced new life. You didn't even know there was a new life. See, today here in just a minute, there's going to be a group of people getting baptized. And what we believe is that God's word tells us that the old life dies at the moment that they go under this water. That's what it symbolizes. And when this person is raised up out of this water, that's why we celebrate like crazy at this church because we're seeing new life come right before our eyes. So I'm just going to say, for those who are getting baptized, would you just come on up? Would you just come on up and line up right over here to my right? And if you're a Christ follower in this room and you've never been baptized before, you didn't plan on coming here this morning to get baptized, but you know that you have new life in Christ and you want to celebrate that, Listen, man, we have some phenomenal volunteers. We have plenty of dry towels. If you know that your next step is getting baptized and walking into this new life, what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to invite you to come to right here, right behind these people. They're going to be getting baptized. You can join right behind them. But if you know that you have new life in Christ, 